You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome back to the Oz Network. It's uh, the home run. I, I feel like I say that every time, but it really, really is now for Nit Tuck. We are uh, about to discuss season six, episode sixteen. Uh, this is Doctor Griffin, um, and it first aired on the tenth of February, twenty ten. Um, directed by Tim Hunter, written by Jennifer Salt. This is a, a, a different type of episode. We're kind of uh, almost a one-room type episode, as we talked about at the end of last season, uh, last episode. So it's going to be an, a, a potentially interesting one to uh, discuss in detail, but we will get into all of that. It should be some fun. Uh, my name's Nick, and uh, you don't deserve me. And my name is Ben, and here's a little dick. It's about the size of a grain of rice. <laughs> yes, yes. It's, uh, as I think we were talking a little bit uh, before we we hit re- the record button, is that for an episode that's uh, full of uh, a lot of talky talky, there's uh, there's not a huge amount of kind of crazy quotes in this episode. I would say. Yeah, I mean, this is arguably the most talk filled episode of Niptak. There, I mean, there's there is a surgery scene in it, um, but it's brief, and this episode is just filled with so much talking and. I think what is amazing is I always know this episode exists in Nip Tuck, but it's one of these ones that I think you just kind of mentally block out because, oh, it's a season six episode. But this is such a unique episode, and in terms of character development, which is a weird thing to say when we're only four episodes away from the end of this show, but there's a lot going on just in terms of just knuckling out these two and their relationship, and... I mean, we talked about last week kind of being such a such a strong episode. This just it blows me away with actually how decent this episode is. I'm not going to come out and say it's like my top ten episode, but it's it's a very strong episode for a, for a you know a show that again we're we're a month away from finishing it off. So surprise me. It always surprises me when I get to this episode how much I actually enjoy this episode. Yeah, well, I guess probably uh, I've shown my hand on plenty of occasions that I like the ones, the episodes and, and the scenes where we get, you know, the, the good dialogue. And this is definitely one of them. So it's probably one that I'm going to be enjoying more than most people would. But even I thought this was a surprisingly good episode. I think if you kind of said to people on the face, of, oh, you know, the fourth to last episode of the show um, we're going to spend basically an hour with all these people talking in a room. Like nobody's going to think that's exciting, but it turns out there's actually some really interesting stuff going on here. So it'll be a fun one to kind of unpack, I think. Yeah, and again, like we don't know the, the length of this episode. I mean, people listening to this, you might see it goes for like twenty minutes or something. Like I don't know, but it's just it's kind of <laughs> it's it's just all basically around talking, and I think kind of that's what makes this episode unique. So I, I'm intrigued to see how we yeah, go in yeah. terms of this episode. Yeah, well, it's a hard one because, you know, it, it, we tend to go through this these episodes kind of scene by scene. And this really is just one almost long scene, What you know, one big scene really with, you know, a few chops and changes. So uh, I, I'm looking forward to going through it. We might as well kind of get into it. Uh, we had quite a – obviously, a, the, the previously on goes into all the stuff that happened with our – um, our dead woman at the end of last episode. So, you know, it's there's definitely some unresolved issues going on with these guys. Um, and uh, straight away we kind of head into the scene, which is uh, inside Dr. Griffin. We find out straight away Dr. Griffin is a uh, relationship therapist. And, uh, you know, you start off with this married couple and, and talking about it and, you know, they're trying to save their relationship. But the, but the husband's, you know, you can see even in the early scenes, he's pretty checked out and, and uh, he just wants a divorce. And, you know, so it all ends in a very messy fashion. They kind of storm out of the room and, and uh, straight away you kind of see, 
Sean and Christian there in the uh, the reception areas. So that's kind of our setup for the episode. Um, you know, these all these actors in this first scene are kind of well. Um, obviously, Doctor Griffin's really important, but these this couple are minor characters. I know you've talked about the actress being um, you know somebody that that uh, you know from uh, Third Watch, but the um, the husband as well as somebody who's a very familiar face. So now for for quite a small part here, they actually um, you know a good good actors in this these couple of scenes. I think well, I'm just looking here with this guy because yeah, I actually was meant to do this before we started recording because this guy just is glaring in my face that I know him from something and just scrolling through here, nothing is standing out. Uh, maybe the newsroom, but I swear I know him from something else. So, uh, his name is Brian Howe for those playing at home. But, uh, I mean, look, I can't not just glow over who the female is, meaning that it is Molly Price. I mean, I remember this, this aired, this episode, and I'm like, holy crap, holy crap, Molly Price is in Nip Tuck. Um, and I mean, look, it means nothing to you, it means nothing to anybody who listens to the show who has never seen Third Watch and don't, doesn't listen to our Third Watch coverage, but, I mean, at the time of recording this episode, we're about halfway through Third Watch, and, I mean, I've all but said that she is the overall star of the show, and similar to what we do here on Nip Tuck, we often talk in Third Watch about how these actors haven't gone on to bigger and better things with their acting ability, and just Molly Price is just such an incredible actor, and, um, you know, I mean, outside of Third Watch, I've seen she was in, um, I think it was Bionic Woman or something like that she was in, um, and I've seen her sort of in a few other things too, but, uh, you know, nothing can hold a candle to some of the stuff she does in Third Watch, but she does such a good job here. Um, and again, to this day, one of the biggest mysteries in acting is how the hell she hasn't gone on to be in some big HBO show or something like that. She's just so good. But yeah, this is such a, an interesting setup because again, we're sort of watching this going, what is this? Like, what's this got to do with Nip Tuck? Like, it's kind of, it's, it's, it's an interesting sort of setup until, as you said, like we see them walk out of the, um, the room until we see them in the, uh, the, the waiting room. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's an interesting start. It's, it's going to be an interesting episode. And I think the first time you see it, you're kind of taken aback a little bit. As I said, you have no idea what's going on, but if you've seen this episode once or, you know, a couple of times and you can appreciate it where this is going, I think it's actually like, it's a, it's a great way to start this episode. Yeah, I think so. It's a kind of a, it really sets us up that we're dealing with somebody who um, is managing these partnerships that have fallen apart. And, you know, we then obviously go into the reception area and that's where Christian and Sean are. So, yeah, I think it kind of sets us up for something. Um, Dr. Griffin, obviously, uh, just want to stop in on him because he's going to be a really big part of this this episode. Uh, um, Daniel Benzelli, I believe his name is, and um, I think he's got a bit of a link to to one of the one of our sister shows on the Oz Network. Uh, does he? Um... Oh, I've I've caught I've caught you out here because I'm looking at um at his um, IMDb page, and the very first thing is that he is um, an actor in A View to a Kill. Oh. Um, for all you Double O Seven oh, fans, oh, hang he on, plays Hal, I think um, yes. I, I, as soon as you say that, actually, I kind of have this weird picture in my head of who he actually is in that. Um, I mean, that's that's a very interesting thing that you've picked up on because next week we're going to have a huge link to uh, our sister show and uh, somebody who's actually been on this very show as an interview. But um, yeah, there you go. I actually, yeah, a, a James Bond actor, a James Bond and a Third Watch actor on Nip Tuck. This is Ben Waterworth's fantasy right here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there's uh, there's lots going on, and I think that uh, this guy is is a really good actor um, and, and plays this kind of impartial Doctor Griffin character really really well. Um, so yeah, it, it is really fun. Um, we kind of get through the credits, and then we kind of get into the the meat of this whole thing, which is basically this therapy session. And this is just one really long scene, so we're probably just going to go through it in beats. I'm not entirely sure how to handle 
all this really, but um, we'll do the best we can. I think it, you know, it is really intense, and and we get the, basically these two guys have, have reached the point where they're having to to seek therapy, and uh, you know, you would kind of assume from the way that it's been handled that Christian has sought this out and he wants to kind of resolve these issues, whereas um, Sean kind of feels like the you know the husband that we just saw in the previous scene that he kind of wants to just kind of have this the separation of these two. He wants to move on. Um, and you know, it, it feels like it connects not nicely to that last episode that you know Sean had kind of come out of that scene with him burying that body, and he just had enough, and he, you know he kind of just wants to move on. So that kind of feels quite true to it. Um, I, I guess some of these things in the in this first scene that we get with them is uh, you know we kind of have this picture drawing session where you know this kind of the whole thing where they're drawing their families and things like that, and I, I do like the kind of funny joke about where are the kids, um, you know, and, and Christian's drawing that it's just him and Sean or whatever it is, you know. And, and his kids are missing. It is a bit self-referential, which I really enjoy. Um, they kind of play this word exercise game, and, and Christian kind of claims Sean is an alcoholic, which kind of feels to me like it comes a little bit out of nowhere. Um, and, you know, Christian kind of talks about Sean, inspires him, but that isn't reciprocated by Sean. So, yeah, there's, there's kind of quite a lot of scenes there and a, and a lot of words spoken and, and some interesting stuff. And it, I'm kind of not quite sure where to stop and, and, um, and kind of discuss this, but this feels like as good a time as any, I guess. Well, what I really like about this episode is that, like, as you said, it kind of leads off from last week where you got that scene in the car and they're just kind of staring off into the distance. So you kind of feel like this is the, the point we've been leading up to with these two. And I think what we get with this episode is we do kind of get a conclusion to these two having fights to what will lead us into sort of next week and beyond. So I kind of think that it's an interesting way, and this is going right back to episode 11 of this season, that we really start to feel kind of a purpose. And, you know, ultimately what is going to tarnish this season is the first 10 episodes of it, and then kind of the second half, while not brilliant, has definitely picked up and tried to do something. Um, but I think, like, you know, th- there's so many things that are go that goes on with what these two are talking about, which I feel... We've, we've nitpicked a lot about in the last few weeks and they kind of, you know, retcon it, retcon themselves. Like, you know, we've, we've mentioned how, you know, how is it that at this point Sean is this angry at Christian when this isn't even the worst that these things have been between these two? It's referenced in this. Like, you know, when they talk about yeah. Matt, you know, it's, it's kind of there and just so many little things that kind of get referenced along the way. And the most surprising thing about this episode, I think that really we should mention is that this is not written nor directed by Ryan Murphy. Um, and we've been very critical, I think, of a lot of the writers of this season, saying, like, they've just really taken some shit and rubbished it. But, you know, we I think we really have to give props to, to Jennifer Salt, who has been involved in a lot of episodes of Nip Tuck, um, and Tim Hunter is sort of, I think he's only come on board this season as a director, but, you know, I think maybe if we went through the statistics, Jennifer Salt is one of the, the most prolific writers of this show, outside of Ryan Murphy and Brad, um, Brad Vulchok. So I think that really shows in this episode, and I think that going back to a point I made a lot throughout this show, that, yeah, we might joke about the timeline being a bit skew-if, but there's very limited things across six seasons that you really can nitpick about continuity with this show, uh, and I think that that's what this episode really does well. So this is why I think, like, if you just listen to the dialogue, there's not there's one bit, there's one bit, and I think it said very at the beginning here, which you kind of question when Sean says, he's the brother I never had, um, which, again, you yeah. can maybe yeah. read into it as in, like, he disowned his other brother, thought he was dead, so this is kind of like replacement. But again, you know, it's one of those middle ground ones. But yeah, I mean, it's there's so much great stuff. I love the the drawing stuff when kind of Christian gets a little bit narky, like, 
why didn't you put me in your drawing? Like, no, why didn't you put me yeah, in there? Yeah. <laughs> like, just the way he kind of said it. And just the fact that Sean's drawing is so, like, artistic, and Christian's just drawing yeah, like, yeah. a stick figure in that. And, yeah, you're right. Just, I love that scene of, like, uh, when he's like, where are the kids? Oh, I don't know, in another room playing or something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I do like stuff like it. You know, we, we do get this kind of psychotherapy-type situation too where you know the doctor kind of points out that everyone in sean's pictures is holding hands except for him and so you know does he feel the separation from his his wife and children which is an interesting observation and we also get this note that you know christian doesn't have any walls in his house in the, in the homes that he lives in because he wants to feel like he knows what's going on all over his house which you know is quite an interesting observation i think it's probably pretty well backed up in terms of what we actually see of Christian's home life. So everything feels like it's quite open plan. So it's an interesting observation. I think you're right in terms of um, kind of continuity as it does all kind of fit together. Yeah. And it's just, that's why I think this episode works really well. And like, you know, in the beginning to the end of kind of sorting this two out, but just little things that get brought up. And, you know, like you asked me last week in regards to the, you know, does this ever get brought up again with sort of the, the the body situation. I mean, that was kind of why I was a bit sceptical to fully say 100% because I think I might have said a similar thing about the check thing, about, you know, the whole uh, him taking the money and forging his signature and obviously, you know, what happens in this episode, it comes out. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's it's very well written. Yeah. Did you feel the kind of thing about Christian being an alcoholic, oh, sorry, Sean being an alcoholic kind of comes out of nowhere? And like, To me, I think that that's probably not, really inaccurate i mean we see him drinking but then we you know it, it never feels to me like sean lets the drinking get on top of him that, that yeah it's, yeah i mean it, it does feel a little bit blindside it yeah i agree i think the thing the bigger issue i have is that kind of it comes out of nowhere and it goes nowhere you know it's not like we get yeah. at the end of this episode and sean goes yeah you're right like you know i'm a little bit of an alcoholic uh, but, I mean, it has legs, it has a bit of weight, because we do see, like, last week, for example, you know, the great Escobar vision scene when he was kind of drinking and mixing it with pills. Like, what were those pills for? Like, they were kind of just there, and, like, do we know he's still... Is that still from his, like, stabbing last year? Like, you know, it kind of that kind of came out of nowhere. So, um, yeah, I, I would agree with it for the most part, but I think my biggest thing is that it just it just goes nowhere. Like, that's it. That's the one mention. Hey, yeah. guess what? You're alcoholic. No, I'm not. Okay, cool. Moving on. Yeah, yeah. And, of course, we get the mentions to, you know, Sean wants his work to have more meaning than just tip jobs and things like that, which I think is, uh, you know, is really kind of driving where we're taking Sean at the end of this whole um, series. So I think that that's really important. And, obviously, this first kind of meeting that we have here before we kind of cut to what would be a, you know, a, a commercial break if it was on TV is kind of um, Christian admits that, as you've kind of just um, alluded to, you know, admits to forging Sean's signature to, you know, take out more more of a loan or an equity or whatever on the business and um you know sean basically you know punches him in the face and leaves and that, that kind of is the end of, of this first scene that we get i mean we come straight back to an, to another kind of appointment but that's kind of the end of this first one which i think that the bigger glaring issue should be rather than the alcoholic can we go back to sean's rage issues like i mean i think <laughs> kind of sean's alcoholism hasn't really been that explored whereas yeah i mean it was a thing in season three so i had to bring up that string of episodes but uh you know we had like a rage situation going on there with his actually having uh you know counselors coming in because of his rage issues so that to me should be more of a thing rather than his supposed alcoholism which is quite interesting because I feel like the 
Sean has a rage issue is something that you and I have kind of picked up on. Mm. I think it's almost like it's something that the writers have done almost without realizing it that, you know, that's their way of kind of showing Sean in a bad situation is to just show his anger kind of pick up. And yeah, and I think that it's just a little bit of shorthand for them, really. And I'm not going to say it's lazy because I think that sometimes you just have to show people kind of reacting and that's how he reacts. Um, but yeah, I don't think that that's ever really a personality trait that they really kind of realized they were creating in him. It's just kind of come up and seems to be something that, that just kind of is always bubbling under the surface. But we never really get a lot of, of detail about Sean has an anger issue that seems to be, yeah, something something that maybe you and I have, have zeroed in on by watching these in quite a you know, quick succession. Yeah, um, it's, it's definitely is interesting. But, um, you know, it's, it's kind of like, you know, we've said a few times about how some of the things that happen in this show maybe they're going to be done differently, uh, you know, today compared to what they were. But, um, I mean, that's kind of a bit off topic. But, um, yeah, I mean, we've discovered plenty of things throughout this rewatch, I think, that maybe, you know, back in the day they weren't uh, that much of a thing. Yeah, yeah. So we kind of, you know, come back from from the break and, and uh, you know, Christian's back in the, the reception and this time he's got Liz with him and, um, you know, they're kind of doubting whether Sean's going to turn up and, you know, having a bit of a, a conversation about it. Um, and, you know, and ultimately Sean does then show up and, um, and you know, announces that he's going to be suing Christian. Um, so this is kind of our setup for the next bit. Uh, yeah, and then we kind of, you know, um, Liz kind of comes into their next, their next round of therapy, basically, and, uh, you know, Christian's got you know, a check and gives them the money back, and, you know, kind of Sean says it's, it's not really about that, you know, it's about the, the breach of trust and all that kind of thing. Um, and, and Sean tries this game of, you know, kind of playing Liz against Christian, which kind of Dr. Griffin kind of steps into the middle of it. Um, and, and this is where we first get this, you know, we haven't really talked about it before, but Liz kind of brings it up for the first time, which is about she wants to be a partner, um, and then also drops this this kind of bomb out of nowhere that she's pregnant, and, and Sean's the sperm donor, so um, you know, there's actually like a heap of things that we, it, it, it's a bit of a big information bomb that we get here. And uh, just before I kind of pass over to you for you, what you think about this, you know, it's kind of, um, you know, we then get this really interesting point from Liz before she kind of, you know, leaves the room is that um, Sean's always comparing his success to Christian. And I think that that's a really important kind of theme about who Sean is. And, you know, he's this really skilled plastic surgeon. And, you know, we're, we're often told he's the more talented of the two but he's still always comparing himself back to Christian and you know uh, and that's an ongoing theme of the show so heaps of information to kind of be um, kind of digested there I suppose which I think the, the most important thing through all of this with like this therapy and kind of us being the witness of this and you know long term fans I think appreciating the direction and everything that we've seen across you know five and a half six nearly six seasons worth of content here is that you know Christian basically accepts he is who he is. He admits he's an asshole. Like, when Sean writes down all those words, it's not like he's like, I'm not this, I'm not this. He's just basically like, yep, that's me. And kind of that goes to your point of, we're just accepting Christian for who he is now. And, like, as you've kind of said, like, there's maybe no redeeming qualities to him, but, you know, I think kind of at the end of the day, Christian's always going to be that way, and that will be how his character will end on this show. Uh, whereas, yeah, like, Sean, I think it's important to cover this because, you know, through the transformations, we said in the very beginning of this show that they kind of do switch places throughout this show and turn, turn into each other. 
And I think it's a lot more out of character for Sean because, you know, he's still dealing with a lot of stuff, whereas Christian is just kind of throughout everything he's been, he's just reverted back into himself, whereas Sean's still, you know, struggling with this. And it makes sense that Sean would be the one struggling with a lot of this stuff because we had it in, like, the very first episode, didn't we, you know, with him having this midlife crisis. So um, I, I really like the fact they bring Liz in here too um, because... You know, while we talk about the four main people on this show being, uh, you know, Sean, Christian, Julia, and Matt, I think Liz is very important in that because, you know, while Matt and Julia are sort of more the family element, like Liz is the business one there. And I actually, she's maybe one of my favorite sort of endings for any of these characters that she really does. And spoiler alert, get a real happy ending, I think, kind of moving forward. And it comes in with a few little hints that she says in this scene, you know, with the pregnancy and with the, you know, hey, I wouldn't mind being a partner. So, uh, and that, like, it does come out of left field, like in no way are you expecting that, but it's not something that feels like a cheap, you know, like, oh yeah, come on, Liz, like, get out of it. Like, you're kind of like, yeah, like, Liz should be a partner. Like, I get that. You know, if a certain psychologist had to stay around for six seasons, perhaps she might be up there too. Who knows? But, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I just, I really appreciate they bring, them bringing Liz in here and Roman Mafia does extremely well in this scene, I think, in just really selling every single point she's making here. Yeah, I mean, I guess um, I don't really understand how the whole partner thing works, but um, you know, I mean, Liz has, has clearly been something of a staple for this entire show, so it makes sense that if you're going to do something like this, that you would bring Liz in at this point. So that totally makes sense to me. Um, yeah, I mean, I agree with all the points you're making, and we kind of get these, these, this final scene, you know, after she leaves of, of this little setup, which is you now Sean's actually not all that happy about Liz being pregnant, and you know, he. he kind of didn't expect that the you know the pregnancy would actually happen and um we get this kind of i think this is the point where christian says something about you know oh, i know where the bodies are buried which is you know to, to dr griffin's ears is you know That's an analogy or whatever i don't like that look um, he gives the way he's like i yeah. know where the body like that to me is maybe the one bit where i'm like oh come on yeah, so but it's just a little bit on the nose, I suppose. Um, but I mean, it didn't really bother me. But yeah, it, it is one of those things that could have been handled in a slightly different way. And I do love how this all kind of ends, where Doctor Griffin does a very reminded me of the Conor McNamara twenty twenty six therapist. He's kind of like, I'm afraid we're out of time, right? Yeah. Almost in the middle of a sentence, you know. <laughs> and you know, kind of Christian throws some money at him, but which just you know, stays says, oh, there you know, to interrupt. He's sorry, like even when they leave, that that's just one of these little OCD things that annoys me. That he's Christian, he can give like five hundred bucks. And he just gets up and leaves anyway. Like, am I just being stingy here? But, like, he's just thrown $500 on the table. I want my money back if he's not going to do it. I suppose he's uh, just handed over a cheque for 260000 so yeah. 500 probably feels like small fry. <laughs> um, but, yes, it is kind of like this abrupt end, which I, I don't quite understand why they do that, um, other than to kind of just, you know, ensure we come back to see him again. But um, I just feel like we could have just – he could have gone, okay, and kept talking. I'm not sure why we – kind of had to do that other than that i guess the next scene we bring man into it it's, yeah see. again it's not it's not a, not a major but it just feels like a, a little bit untidy i suppose i do like you know when when they leave and you know you kind of get this this scene of just this tiny little shot of kind of um dr griffin kind of shaking his head going what the hell's going on with these two guys you know i think that that's that's kind of really well done um yeah and uh yes yeah, so, i mean that that kind of um closes out that scene i don't know if there's anything you want to add before we jump into uh the next one which is with matt not really uh i mean you know i do kind of like just the way sort of sean reacts here too and yeah like you're right like the doctor just kind of his little shake of a head but uh yeah i mean as you just said i think kind of they could have just continued here but i think it's a simple case of 
let's bring in Matt. But I mean, I, I, you know, imagine if Julia was here. Where's Annie in this situation? <laughs> like, you know, she yeah, yeah, yeah. be brought in here at some point. <laughs> yeah, well, I think, well, I think, you know, not too much of a spoiler alert. We're not going to see too much more of Annie. We, we've I seen what, whatever we're going to see here. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, but, uh, we, we will get there. Um, yeah, so then obviously we, the next one is that we have a, a follow up session with Matt. He's late. He's like half an hour late or whatever. Um, you know, there's a little bit of, um, you know, of, of pre-Matt discussion between the two of them about, you know, the relationship that they've got with Matt and with each other. And, you know, it's an unusual situation and all that kind of stuff. Matt shows up and he's got Ramona, who's his new fiance. Um, it all feels a little bit kind of, and I think deliberately so, it feels um, awkward. You know, like everybody feels just slightly a, a bit strange that Matt would kind of turn up with his fiance unannounced and have her and, you know, what's a very personal situation with these two guys that she's never met met before so um yeah it's it is really weird i mean and you get everything you'd expect kind of christian's an asshole to her and, and sean's pleasant to her and, and everything you'd kind of expect and matt's moving to i, I didn't quite pick up the name victorville of the, the yeah yeah so I, I don't know where that is but oh, I i've got some information know, seen, for you Oh, okay. Do we need that now, or is that coming in future oh, episodes? Look, I mean, one hundred and fifteen thousand people live in Victorville. It's in California. Um, that's about all you need to know. <laughs> it's in the San Benito, San Bernardino County of California. There you go. Does it? This is an unusually high level of information you've got about this. Ah, uh, look, I'm um, a Victorville aficionado, Nick. Um, <laughs> I can even tell you that several movies have been filmed there, including Kill Bill Volume 2, The Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift, and Face Off. So there you go. Are you trying to tell me that Tokyo Drift was filmed in Victorville, <laughs> California, and not well, Tokyo? That's uh, According to Wikipedia, you're, you're cr- partially filmed in Victorville. Um, so... <laughs> You're crushing all my hopes and dreams. Sorry, the, the all you fast, I've... furious uh, aficionados thinking that was actually filmed uh, in, in Tokyo. <laughs> yeah, well, don't worry, I've never seen it, so uh, we, don't, Jenkins, we don't need to worry the, about it. the uh, director of Wonder Woman is from Victorville. There you go. Oh, there you go. Interesting stuff. So I've learned more than I ever thought I'd need to know about um, about Victorville, but uh, there you go. Uh, can't, can't complain. You know, information and knowledge is power, I suppose. So we know a little bit more. So that's great. Anyway, uh, Matt's moving there, and uh, he he's going to work in, in Ramona's family's carpet business, and um, he, he wants to cut all – yes, yeah, and wants to cut all ties with Christian and Sean. Um you know, I did make a bit of a note, and I'm watching this. This feels incredibly unfair to Sean. I'm not sure exactly what Sean's done to you know, to Matt to kind of you know everything that that uh, Matt's kind of wanted from Sean. Sean's delivered on, so it does feel uh, pretty unfair on him. I have to say, but uh, yeah, I think it's um, again. I think as we were talking about with the with the Liz scene, there's a lot of information dumped here on us, and it feels like you know for the scene that that kind of all this episode that kind of all happens in one room, we're getting a hell of a lot of information. The difference, I think, with the Liz stuff, as I said, I think it's good. I think, like, look, I'm going to be a fan of sort of what does happen to Matt at the end. That's mainly what's going to come in two weeks and who's going to come back, I guess. But I, I think that, like, when I talk about that su- the situation, it's more of a case of why do we all of a sudden need to introduce him to, hey, this is this, this is this, he's leaving, he's, in, you know, engaged and whatnot, like... I feel like this is just unnecessary and we can still get to how he ends on this show without having this one. And, like, if we're going to do this with Matt, 
do it with someone we know already? Like, I know that's probably hard because kind of everyone in his life is sort of, you know, gone or everything like that. But it just, I don't know. It just feels a bit forced that all of a sudden we're introducing a new character that we're meant to, like, sort of care about. Like, I, I almost feel like you're expecting that this is not going to work out because do we really believe that Matt is going to walk off into the sunset with a random woman we meet four episodes from the end? Um, so I just, I mean, that's the one thing. And like, like I can sort of see the whole, like, oh, I want you out of my life because I guess that can be a bit of a trope with Matt that like, we've had the hashtag poor Matt situation over this whole season. So like Matt's the type of person who will lay blame. And like, in all fairness, I think that, you know, he kind of has a point where both his parents, both his dads, he maybe do have a slight bit to blame. Again, I agree with you more probably so Christian than, uh, than Sean, but you know, I, I feel he needs that fresh start to get away from everything, which, you know, we will kind of see him get, uh, sort of by the end of it. But yeah, it just does kind of feel a bit random. Like, Hey, here she is. And you know, we had it, what was it? Two episodes ago now, wasn't it? When we even got a mention of her and now here she is. And like, he's, I mean, he goes from being a mime at the start of this season to working in a carpet store. Um, this is a guy who a season ago was going in pre-med. Um, so, yeah, the Conor McNamara 2026 flash forward, I still like to believe, actually does happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is It is one of those things you kind of hope for the best with Matt. And, yeah, I mean, I think his storyline is one of the more interesting things we're going to talk about in the, the final three episodes. And, and we'll definitely get to that and... Uh, yeah, whether or not we needed this Ramona character is, is actually a really good question. That's not one I had really thought about. I just kind of accepted what we got on the page. But that'll be an interesting kind of thought experiment to say, did, did we need that or could we have just kind of cut to the chase to where we get to? But uh, that's a, that's something that's uh, for another day, I suppose. Um, but, yeah, and then, you know, kind of Matt leaves and, and you know, we kind of get these guys arguing again. And, uh, you know, Sean's kind of not really moved off the original starting point that he was at the beginning of this episode that he kind of just wants to end this professional relationship between the two guys and this is where he kind of reveals that you know he he had an affair with Kimber before she died and um he kind of claims it was to force a separation between him and Christian which is not information we really got in the episode I don't think that's um so whether or not you believe that from Sean or whether he's just saying that now I, I don't know I mean how do you read that I, I I felt we knew that because it was the whole situation like when he was having sex with her in the office like he was like I don't care if we get caught and I think a lot of that, like, that to me is how I read the affair with it anyway. Because at that point, he was so over-Christian that he he wanted to get caught. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's I guess, how I read it anyway. But, um, you know, I, and I can also see, like, how kind of this maybe does come out of nowhere. And all of a sudden, it's like, hey, okay, cool, that just happened. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's random. But I, I also feel like we knew this was going to come in this episode because, you know, we did get in the previously on. Uh, we did see him having the affair with Kimber. So, I mean, I kind of assumed that we were going to get this at some point in this episode. Yeah, I guess I just don't really relate Sean to being the kind of calculating one to kind of have a, an affair with somebody because he, you know, he thinks it can affect something that happens to somebody else. And Sean always gets himself into these situations because he has these kind of hot-blooded moments of passion or whatever it is and he doesn't think through it. That You know, he's not really the cold-blooded kind of think think a plan through type of guy. It's not really who he is, but uh, it, it's not something that really affects my enjoyment of the scene one way or the other. And then we kind of move on and, and obviously there's this knock on the door and 
moment and uh, our patient from the start of the episode comes back in, says there's something that can't wait and uh, basically shoots Dr. Griffin and, and um, yeah, and, and, and then we kind of get this, this pan out where he's on the floor and kind of Christian's covered in blood and um, it's all looking pretty bad but I think that it's, um, yeah, it's a bit of a shocker on the episode you know, when everything's kind of just felt like a, a really intense kind of dialogue heavy episode and then we kind of suddenly get this, this moment of violence out of nowhere. It's, um, it's a bit of a shocker really. Yeah. I um, definitely agree. And I think kind of uh, shocking to me that Molly Price uh, has this moment when she's a cop in Third Watch. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it kind of it comes out of nowhere. Uh, but I, I also think it kind of also works um, and that it, it's just a shocking moment because like, I think kind of at this point we're really sort of thinking, aren't we, like how are they going to save this relationship? And it kind mm. of does lead sort of to where we get to. So... Um, can I just say one thing? Uh, the fact that, uh, Christian and Sean are saved by Third Watch's Molly Price. Uh, so, um, <laughs> our show's connected in more ways than one. Worlds colliding. Yes. Yes, exactly. Yeah, it, it was all for our benefit, too. Yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, we kind of then move in and we, and we very quickly find out that Dr. Griffin isn't dead, that he's just been, kind of looks like he's been shot in the cheek and, and the two doctors are kind of working on him. Um, and, uh, this is where Christian kind of gives, basically gives Sean an ultimatum that he needs to make a decision on his future by the end of the day or he'll make it for him. So, um, you know, we, we kind of got a little bit of a ticking clock here now. And, um, you know, after the surgery, we kind of get this, uh, you know, this kind of discussion between Christian and Liz where, you know, Liz talks about you know that he needs her for his own ego as well which is um an interesting you know there's lots of talks about you know who needs who and, and who's relying on who and um you know whose ego is playing into who in this episode so i think it's quite interesting there's this kind of little power dynamic going on between all of them so yeah i think that uh you, you know that kind of sets us up for you know ultimately to get to a conclusion on this episode i think yeah and i think kind of it's you know, just the way it sort of it, it happens and kind of comes about, you know, you're not, I think, expecting this because, again, going back to what I was saying about how sort of Sean is just really sold on ending everything here. But, um, you know, it, it does kind of come out here to sort of resolve it. And, and, you know, I like it. And sort of, I don't know, did are we talking about the Liz and Christian scene here? Are we talking about everything here? Or am I jumping yeah, in? Yeah, yeah. So, like, the, the Liz and Christian scene yeah, I actually no, no. kind of like. You know, I just, I like the way these two kind of interact here. Um, and you know, it's sort of a lot of things have been forced between these two earlier in this season, kind of how that just died and here we go. But like, it's, it's done in a way that it's, it's believable. I think at this point, like enough time has sort of passed that you sort of, yeah, you kind of, you believe that that's where it is at with these two. So yeah, I mean, I think kind of, you know, there's nothing bad really happening here with any of what we're seeing at the moment. Yeah, no, it's all kind of, the scenes kind of flow really well between each other, which is, which is really good. I do like that. Um, and then kind of we, you know, have these last couple of scenes here really, which is, uh, you know, Dr. Griffin's been uh, visited by the, uh, the shooter's husband and he kind of, he regrets how he handled their last appointment that, you know, he could have, he could have done it in a nicer way or, you know, and so I think that there's some interesting stuff there about, you know, how you handle things and, you know, even when you're, when you're angry with somebody kind of how you handle things can make a big difference. And yeah, I think this is quite a, 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 a good little uh, scene between um, Dylan Walsh and this actor, I think it, it kind of works really well. We then kind of come back and, and uh, we finish off where, uh, you, you know, the, the two of them are, are at this, uh, another therapist and basically ends on this um, this line, which obviously harkens back to their own catchphrase of mm. kind of tell me what you don't like about your relationship, which I think is quite a, a clever way to, to, to end the episode, really. Yeah, completely agree. And I think it's, 
it's done in a believable way that, you know, I kind of perceive this as, you know, these two aren't completely healed. You know, we, we don't end on these two being healed and happy forever, you know what I mean? Like, I think it's leading us down a path where we get a satisfactory conclusion with these two. And I think that this is a couple, and like you said it in the very first episode, this is a heterosexual love story between two men. And they're always going to have their issues. They've been together for 20 years. And, you know, the most loved up married couples have issues after 20 years. You know, like everyone has issues with people they've known for that amount of time. But, you know, these two aren't meant to be perfect. And I think kind of just the way this ends in sort of a happy note. But there's still a lot of stuff that, you know, has been set out in the open and it's kind of there and it's, you know, leaving things kind of slightly ajar for a couple episodes to go. But this is why this episode works so well. Like, a lot of people can easily see this as a gimmicky episode. You have four episodes to go. Let's do something like this. I know, I know a lot of people complain, you know, again, to tie it into shows we're covering, Lost. There was an episode, uh, look, that was the one I really should have here to talk about. There's only it was the second or third last episode. They kind of went back literally to the very beginning, where we saw the beginnings of the island, how it all started. I love the episode. I think it's fantastic. But the fans complain. It's like, why are we seeing this like two, three weeks from the ending of this show? This is wasting time. We should have seen this seasons ago. But I, I think in the context, it actually really works. And I think this is kind of, it's not similar. We had that a few weeks ago with their meeting and you could always argue, well, why didn't we see this seasons ago? But I just think it works. And I really do wish they had separated these, this season into two halves or at least, you know, made that first half season six, this season seven, because that's maybe a question we can get to in our season six recap is if this from 11 to 19 was its own season, how does that rate? And it might be better than season six and season five. Who knows? So yeah, I think like, while this isn't groundbreaking nip tuck and the great best we've ever seen, you know, it's not the highs of season two or season four. It's still solid enough that we feel we're drawing to a conclusion. And I think this episode just does such a good job in filling in a lot of gaps, filling in some plot holes this season, and just setting us up towards a, a satisfactory conclusion. Yeah, very much so. I think probably my only criticism is really the um, the order of these episodes, because um, not to get too much into what I think about next week, but it, it kind of feels like this should have been, like next week's episode should have been before this one, because it feels like we then kind of go slightly backwards again after the the, the next episode um like if this had been the third to last episode and then we kind of get into our last two episodes that would have kind of made a bit more sense to me um so i, I do find the kind of the order of these episodes a bit strange but i don't disagree with anything you're saying there i think that this is um it's really interesting stuff and it's a different pace and i think sometimes just cutting the episodes up so that you get something a little bit different you know there are lots of ways you could handle this you could have had this dr griffin character as something like a bit like the sopranos you know of, of this kind of um, ongoing character who you kind of see, you know, a scene of per episode or every couple of episodes, and you're kind of gradually building that these two guys have problems that, you know, they're dealing with through a, a therapist. But to do it all in one episode, I think, is a, a different choice. And I think it actually really, really works for the show at this time. Yeah, no, I, I, I completely agree. And it's, it's interesting to say about next week. I know we're about to talk about next week. Um, but. I can see your point. You could swap these episodes around and the only difference is Christian and Sean like each other next week. <laughs> um, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the, the bulk of next week in this dream sequence could have been done before this episode. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
Yes, but we will uh, we'll get there when we get there. We probably need to um, wrap up this episode and rate this. And um, I'll be really honest that I'm I'm kind of a little bit on the fence as I go into this one. So I might be uh, listening very intently to what you have to say and put you on the on the spot first to to kind of give me your rating in terms of whether it's a buy, a rent, or a bin from your perspective. Well, I kind of said this your affair and sort of sort of a slight spoiler in the fact that really I don't think I'm going to be binning any episode at this point forward. Um, so which is fascinating considering where we were uh 10 episodes ago um but i mean i i'm i don't even know how you're on the fence here i'm buying this um i think that this is just such again going into kind of what i mentioned last week and through some of these other episodes i've had recently where i've actually bought season six episodes it's it's a memorable one i think i said at the beginning of this episode you know I know this is an episode, but I kind of always forget sort of how good it is. It's kind of like the Man of Steel of Nip Tuck episodes. Like, I know it's part of the DC <laughs> universe. I've seen it. I don't necessarily have it standing out in my memory as brilliant. But whenever I watch it, I go, this movie's actually pretty good. Like, I should watch this movie more often. Um, so, yeah, there's there's my analogy. But, I, I mean, to me, this is just... In terms of the way this is going to lead us and kind of conclude, I just went over my little rant before about everything. So I think to me it's an easy buy. Um, I have this sitting at uh, 47th right now. So this is the third best season six episode to me. And this also will finish in the top half of Nip Tuck episodes. So uh, as of right now, it looks like we're going to have at least three season six episodes in the top 50. Who would have thought that? But um, yeah, I, 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 yeah. To me, this is a, a definite buy. So is that the one that pushes you over to fifty buys, or was that last week? Uh this is the one that pushes me to officially fifty buys. Look at yeah, you, Mister Math. So. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm I obviously so. looking at my list, and it includes next week. Um, but uh, I mean, look, <laughs> this is probably going to give it away that I'm not buying next week's episode. But um, yeah, I mean, right now, looking at my list of 98 Nip Tuck episodes, 50 of them are currently sitting on buys. So, can we maintain 50% worth of buys? That's an interesting little stat you've just uh, noticed there. Yeah, yeah, and I think it was kind of one of those things where we kind of were coming into the season, and I thought it was, you know, I generally thought we we weren't going to get to fifty buys, which I thought mm-hmm. for a show we really love to to not be at fifty percent, and I think I I might not even be close. Like I'm not entirely sure, but um, in terms of this episode, I guess probably the only thing that was sitting on the fence for me was how impactful and how rewatchable is this episode. I mean, if, again, we always kind of talk about you know if you just want to pop on an episode and attack. I'm not sure this is one you would want to chuck on because it doesn't really have those kind of you know the stuff that, that generally I quite like about Nip Tuck which is you know the kind of cool surgery scenes some great music quite often um, you know the, the kind of gratuitous sex scenes and, and Christian um, playing up and, and, and being an idiot and um, now all that kind of stuff isn't really here and so uh, in terms of it being kind of a classic what you expect Nip Tuck episode it isn't that but um, I think you're right that it, you know it is a, a really solid episode and we get lots of kind of backstory and, and interesting kind of motivations for these characters so yeah I, w- I will chuck it in the buy category. It's probably not a, a really, really high buy for me, but I think it, it delivers enough of what you need to to put it in that category. Yes, I agree. I think that it's just markability in terms of what you mark an episode and why you would buy it. I mean, we've all got different criteria and what makes us buy, rent, and bin things on this show, whether it be movies or TV shows. We've discussed it, uh, you know, numerous times, but. You know, I think a, a big standout factor 
particularly for this episode, is, is memorability. You remember the therapy episode of Nip Tuck. And, I mean, that necessarily isn't always a good thing. We remember the plane crash episode of Nip Tuck, and that is terrible. <laughs> so, yeah, I think you can go either way. But to, to me, there's, this is definitely in the, the positive side of memorability. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Well, I think that uh, that kind of brings us to an end on this episode, but we just need to uh, kind of talk about where we're going next, and we've done a little bit of spoiling on it already, uh, Christian Troy Part 2. Um, yeah, and I think we're, we're going to get some um, interesting stuff around injectables, which is – I kind of feel like we take this real kind of sudden dive into, um, you know, plastic surgeries and decline, and I think, you know, with us having a little bit of hindsight of time, I, d- I don't believe that's the case. So um, it's an interesting kind of – I'm not sure how, how rooted in reality this episode is – um yeah yeah and then we we kind of get this kind of interesting story as as well around Liz and this um this woman that she starts dating and yeah so it's uh some interesting stuff some some dream sequences which are always quite fun um yeah i think there's actually quite a lot of fun stuff in this episode and it does kind of really feel out of place though it does feel like yeah it kind of it, it just completely ignores everything that's happened in the last couple of episodes it doesn't necessarily make it a bad episode but it does kind of feel out of out of pace with the the ones we've just been watching i think it's definitely a huge and we we're saying this for weeks on end now but i mean literally this is the third last episode of Niptark, so i think it's definitely setting us up for what we're going to get towards the end but um I mean, you know, I'm sort of always been the one with the dream sequences, which I've liked, and you've kind of been the opposite. I think this tries to be another Julia McNamara episode, but it doesn't quite stick the landing as much as that episode, because I think, you know, whilst the the dream sequence, I think, is memorable and valid to an extent, I think it just, it literally comes out of nowhere. Like, I mean, it's kind of at least the Julia one, and we'll talk about this more next week, I'm probably jumping the gun here, but at least even you can probably admit it made sense in the lead-up to it with what we'd had in the lead-up to that episode. Whereas this one, kind of, it's just... The, the content of what we get in this dream is just sort of like, hey, let's do this. Um, So, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I was always quite critical of that Julia McNamara episode, but, um, I, you know, I couldn't deny the fact that it's quite an iconic episode of the show um so whereas this one is you know and i guess you're comparing a season two episode with a season six one yeah, which is exactly. exactly fair um but you know i think i think that the, the the quality of this next episode isn't as good doesn't mean it's necessarily you know terrible but you know, it, it definitely doesn't hold up to you know something that we saw a few seasons ago and it was and it like i will say it right now i think i've kind of given away my rating with this already i haven't bought it and i'm not gonna say it's a terrible episode either so that kind of leaves me one option but i mean it definitely has <laughs> got some good stuff i mean yeah i mean the list stuff is kind of interesting you know this sort of notion of plastic surgery being on the decline it's 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 very interesting kind of them visiting this sort of stuff which yeah i and there is some stuff in the dream stuff which i thoroughly enjoy i mean i i said earlier in this episode we've got somebody in next week's episode who has been on this very show we have interviewed him and i briefly talked to him about his role on nip tuck um so and he's a very established actor so um yeah uh lots to talk about next week cool oh well it'll be fun when we get there but uh that's a wrap for this week it's uh, been fun bringing it to you and and make sure you're uh, joining us on on all the usual social media platforms as we head along the uh, the final stretch of episodes here um whether that's facebook twitter youtube um give us a rating on itunes any feedback you've got for us we're always willing to hear it and uh yeah until next time it's been a lot of fun uh, my name's nick and uh, i'm here to end it 
And my name is Ben, and why didn't you put me in the picture? Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.